You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, A lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth can find its shoes or get its pants on. Depending on who this famous quote is credited to, Winston Churchill, Oscar Wilde, Mark Twain, it's either that the truth can't find its shoes or put its pants on faster. I'd like to give the quote a little spin of my own, maybe expand it a little bit. A lie can pull its pants down, stick its dick through a glory hole, get its dick sucked by a complete stranger or what the lie hopes is a complete stranger, blow its lying load down a throat and then put its pants back on and still make it halfway around the world before the truth can find its shoes or put on its pants. Okay, okay, doesn't roll off the tongue or up and out of the throat quite as easily as the pithier versions of this quote credited to far pithier writers and thinkers, but it's kind of where my head went when I read something in the Daily Caller. The Daily Caller, the conservative news website founded by Tucker Carlson, which is the news website that once described me as a deviant of the highest order, which I have used as my bio on my social media ever since. And if I can digress for a second, ever since the Daily Caller called me a deviant of the highest order, I've been thinking seriously about creating the noble order of the deviant, kind of like the noble order of the garter founded in 1348 by Edward III and like kings and queens of England ever since. I could pass out little enamel pins once a year to noble deviants, gongs as the Brits call them, because deviants, we deserve knighthoods too. Anyway, the Daily Caller reported this week that students at the University of Augsburg in Germany petitioned their university to install glory holes in campus bathrooms. Students at the University of Augsburg also requested that condoms, knee pads, licking wipes, and other sanitary products be made available at these glory holes, which campus staff would be charged with keeping clean. Back to the Daily Caller, sex can also be a relaxing activity, which can be very useful in the often stressful university life the petitioners for glory holes explained. All right, my first reaction, my gut reaction with the exact reaction, it was the rise the Daily Caller was hoping to get out of me and everybody else who read their story. I thought, what is wrong with these fucking deviants? But unlike the sex-negative, homophobic, anti-choice right-wingers who read the Daily Caller typically, and who, like the new Speaker of the House, think sucking dick or wanting to suck dick is deviant and wrong, I thought, not that these deviants were wrong for wanting to suck dick, but these deviants were lazy for wanting the school to do the work of carving the glory holes for them. I went to a big state school, the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, and students carved so many glory holes into the walls of the main library that I'm surprised the building didn't collapse. And the students at the University of Illinois didn't petition the university administration to carve glory holes into walls for them, which if you think about it, gives an entirely new meaning to the term load-bearing wall. They did it themselves over and over again, sometimes in the same wall. Because just as soon as an enterprising, entrepreneurial young cocksucker had carved a glory hole into a wall in the library through plaster, through tile, through marble, through steel stall dividers, the university would patch it up, even reinforce the wall, and that glory hole would reappear 
in the exact same spot before the weekend was over. Well, as it turns out, like so much else in the Daily Caller, this story was a lie, or the spin was a lie. It wasn't entirely made up. Yes, some students at the University of Augsburg did file a petition asking for glory holes to be installed, but it was a stunt. They weren't serious about wanting glory holes installed. They wanted to highlight how little attention was being paid to legitimate concerns of students. Unless a student concern serves as a curiosity or stokes outrage, read a statement from the student government, their concerns get no traction. There are pressing problems such as student poverty, a lack of student loan adjustments, and interest rate increases on student loans to over 9%. And as these students pointed out, none of that gets any attention. But a facetious request for glory holes, that traveled halfway around the world before the truth could find its dick. And the fact that it wasn't serious, that it was a facetious request, that fact was omitted from all of the news stories on all of the right-wing websites all over the world. So, the Daily Caller kinda sorta helped prove the point these students in Augsburg were trying to make. People only pay attention to students when students are doing something stupid or outrageous, and it feels unnecessary right now, because it's not like there's any shortage of students on campuses doing outrageous things. So why blow this up? Well, because sexual deviance is more fun to talk about than legitimate student concerns or legitimately concerning students. There was another glory hole story that might be bullshit that flew all over the internet this weekend. A British couple thought it would be a good idea to throw their bachelor and bachelorette parties on the same night in Amsterdam, or their Hindu and stag do, Hindus and stag do's as the Brits call them. And Hindus and stag do's right now are Britain's chief export post-Brexit, and there is nothing the Dutch love more than packs of drunk Brits roaming around Amsterdam. Really, they are so beloved. And anyway, at this particular hen stag do, all friends and family were invited, and the hen do wound up at a very sleazy club with booths with glory holes in them, and one of the drunk women at the Hindu thought it might be fun to suck a dick at a glory hole because she was drunk and in Amsterdam. And now let's roll the tape. And one of the girls on the Hindu got super drunk and went into one of these booths with like a glory hole. And so a guy on the other side stuck his dick through. So the girl was just drunk and started sucking him off. But it was one of these ones apparently where like if like she pushes a button and the guy pushes a button on the other side, they can kind of see who's on the other side. Like it makes it like transparent, like a window so they can see. And so being drunk, she thought it'd be hilarious to push this button just to see who she'd been sucking off. And so she pushes the button and looks up and it's her dad on the other side. All I want to say, I warned you guys. Every time glory holes have come up on this show over the last creeping up on two decades now, I brought this scenario up. The chance, however tiny, that you might wind up sucking your dad's dick or some other dick you would be traumatized to realize you just sucked. Tucker Carlson's dick, Sean Hannity's dick, Mike Johnson's dick, your uncle's dick. When the first gay friends I made when I came out as a teenager in Chicago dragged me to a dirty bookstore on Halstead Street in Chicago, dirty bookstores were community hubs then. They were where you went to get porn, lube, poppers before the internet came along. I refused to go back into the booths. I wouldn't even go into the store because I have a lot 
of uncles and I don't know where they are at all times. Now, if this happened to this woman, and that's a big if, this is a third-hand story, a friend of a friend is relaying this. If it happened, and it could happen, I feel sorry for her and her dad and her mom. Apparently the whole family's been devastated and destroyed. But if it happened, and a part of me kind of hopes it did, I feel vindicated. I was right to be worried. I was right to marvel at the glory holes in the main library at the University of Illinois, even as I worry that the building might fall down on my head, but to never actually go, you know, kneel in front of one. Please note, if you are going to suck a dick attached to someone you can't see until you push a button in your high-tech glory hole booth, do not push that button. Even if it's not your dad on the other side, you don't want to see the person whose cock you've just sucked. Even if the site doesn't traumatize you or destroy your whole family and ruin your best friend's hen do, you will be disappointed because the guy on the other side of the glory hole is always hotter in your imagination than they are in reality. And that goes double or triple or quintuply million when it's your dad. All right, coming up on the show today on the micro, tons of your cues, lots of my A's, and joining me on the Magnum, Connor Clary from Five Star Review with Connor Clary, here to talk about his online fame, his new podcast, Taylor Swift, and the very horny squirrels that are menacing him at his new house. Also, we've got a new sex and politics coming out this Thursday for my Magnum subs. Comedian Trey Crowder, a.k.a. the liberal redneck, joins me to talk about the urban-rural political divide, southern accents, whether redneck is a slur, and, of course, guns, guns, and more guns. The Sex and Politics podcast is one of our many perks for Magnum subs here at the Savage Lovecast. Perks that include live Zoom shows with me, the longer ad-free version of the Lovecast, bonus Savage Love questions in the column, and more. You can try it for a month for just eight bucks or give the Lovecast as a gift right now by going to savage.love. All right, let's get to this week's show. This episode is brought to you by the Meridian Trimmer, the very best tool for trimming your body hair. Go to meridiangrooming.com and use the code SAVAGE for an exclusive 15% off. This episode is brought to you by Mobile Care Health. Mobile Care Health provides judgment-free care to all. Start today with a telehealth consult at mobilecarehealth.com. That's mobilecarehealth.com. Support for today's show, support we are very grateful for, comes from Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk in your own home, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click print mail and you are done. It could not be easier. And right now, use Savage for this special offer. Includes up to 55 bucks worth of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Do not wait. Go to stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in SAVAGE. That's stamps.com. Enter S-A-V-A-G-E. Hi, Dan. I am recently single after a while in a long-term relationship, and I've started seeing a couple of different people, and one of the guys that I've started to see, he's definitely a little bit more closed off and buttoned up, and so I'm really offering him a way to to experience his sexuality in a way that I think he hasn't had in a very long time, perhaps ever. And he likes to, you know, for lack of a better word, sext occasionally prior to one of our liaisons. And he will text me things about boundaries that we've talked about. So, for instance, 
anal sex is something I'm not particularly keen on, though I will on occasion. It's something that has to be worked up to, and it is usually only with a partner that I'm very comfortable with. So he will constantly sex me about putting it in my arsehole. And I'm just curious, is this a problem? You know, I've sort of gently reminded him it's a hot idea, but we're not quite there yet. And is this him trying to get the yes in form of sexy texting because I don't want to shut him down completely? Or is it okay for him to fantasize this way in the text? I'm just not really sure. It just seems like every time I've expressed some sort of boundary, that boundary comes up in his sexy texting. And he's a lot more talk than he is actual game. So I'm not really all that concerned, but, you know, I'm not sure that he's not going to. Is this something I should be concerned about? Yeah, this is something that you should be concerned about. First things first, though, stop using the kind of polite tease Britishisms that you're using when you talk to this guy. Anal sex, not something I am particularly keen on. I will gently remind him on occasion. I'm not there yet. Don't want to shut him down completely. Shut him the fuck down. Say to him, stop asking. Stop bringing up my butt because my butt, as I told you, isn't something that's on the menu. And if it is on the menu all of a sudden, or that's something that I want to do with you, I will let you know. And then see what he says. You don't mention the other subjects he keeps bringing up when sexting that you've tried to communicate with him, perhaps not as effectively as you could, are boundary violations, aren't things that you're interested in doing with him or with anyone. You could say to him, you know, you could have a step outside the conversation about sexting and talk about the pattern that you've noticed. Whenever I say something's a no or a highly unlikely that's where you go. What is up with that? Does it turn you on to test those boundaries? Do you think talking about things that I've already told you that I don't want to do or I'm unlikely to want to do with you, that that makes you naughty? Are you trying to be dumb? Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And then, you know, see what he says. But you got to use an expression like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Not... I'm keen on understanding perhaps what are your intentions might be at this moment when you do this thing that is making you really uncomfortable, uncomfortable enough to call me and ask me about it. So it is a bad sign if you tell someone I'm not into X and then X is suddenly all they want to text you about or ask you about or try to convince you to do I can't crawl into the head of a person who's doing that kind of a thing. Kind of a power trip, though. Somebody says, I'm not into anal or not into anal often or with most people, and then they're pushing you for anal. In some sense, they're trying to demonstrate to themselves that they're that hot, that for them, you will do this thing that you've already said that you're not interested in doing or doing much or doing often or doing with just anyone, and then you succumb to them and they're in your butt and it makes them feel desirable and powerful. If that's what he's doing, if that's the feeling he's after, well, then he's just using you. 
Or maybe you said he's an experience. Maybe he's just naive and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he thinks or it got into his head somehow. He watched a stray Andrew Tate clip on Instagram and it got into his head somehow that this is a sexy thing for a guy to do. And somebody, you, not me, somebody, you, is going to have to disabuse him of that notion. You're going to have to shut him the fuck down. You're going to have to say something like, this thing you do, I state a boundary, you start sexting me about doing that thing that I told you I don't want to do, what are you doing here? And I need you to stop, but I'd like to understand what it is that you thought you were doing here so we can unpack that together and you can understand why you shouldn't do that to me or anybody else. Or if you want to do that kind of teasing play that feels transgressive, you need to identify that. You need to let the other person know that that is what you're doing. Not just put the other person in the position of feeling like they can't risk being in the same room with you or being intimate with you, lest you go from sexting about the things I don't want to do to attempting the things I don't want to do. Hi, Dan. I'm a cisgendered woman from the Northeast, heterosexual. I've been in a poly relationship with a man for the last year and a half. We have a great relationship in a lot of ways, but I do have some questions about STD testing. For the past several months, he was not involved with others. I do have someone with whom I'm intimate. Now my boyfriend is seeing someone new. He does not want to wear condoms. And he has said he does not really need to get tested because the new woman in his life just recently tested. And by the way, she has other partners. And I've gotten tested. And my paramour tests regularly. So my boyfriend doesn't think he needs to get STD tested. He also thinks that he only needs to test for gonorrhea and chlamydia if he does get tested and said men can't be tested for chlamydia. Can you comment on what you think is an ideal protocol for testing for STDs in this case in which we are not in a closed circle? Also, one thing that's bothering me about this is my partner appears to be putting the onus on others to test, but not himself. If that makes sense, okay. But what I really want to know is what protocol you would recommend. Men can get tested for chlamydia. Look, it makes a rough sort of sense that if he's only having sex with you and this other woman who may have other partners and you've tested and this other woman has tested, yeah, he could dodge the STI test that he might need otherwise. He can duck it. He can avoid the blood draw. Does he have some issue about having a needle stuck in his arm or a swab stuck in his dick? He can avoid it. But not if you're not okay with him avoiding the STI test that for your own comfort and your own safety, you would like him to get and get semi-regularly. You know, people with multiple partners are at greater risk of contracting sexually transmitted infections. People with even just one or two partners, but those partners have other partners who may themselves have other partners are at greater risk, obviously, of contracting a sexually transmitted infection. And it behooves everyone in an open relationship or a polyamorous quad or a polycule that extends on into infinity it behooves everyone to get tested every once in a while on the regular just to be safe and to proactively demonstrate care and concern for the health and safety of their partners. 
that's what he's doing right here. He's demonstrating a lack of concern for your health, safety, comfort, your preferences. You would, you're not calling me because you don't give a shit whether he gets tested or not. You're calling me because you would like him to get tested. That should be answer enough for him. Even if he thinks he doesn't need it, the fact that his primary partner, someone he's been in a relationship with for 1.5 years, would like him to get tested for her own mental comfort, then he should march his fucking ass down to the doctor, if he's got a doctor, or down to the STI clinic, if he doesn't have a primary care physician, and get his ass tested for gonorrhea, for syphilis, for HIV, and for fucking chlamydia. That should be the end of the argument. You're going to have to put your foot down. Now, again, if he has some issue with doctors, if it's the expense he wants to avoid, if he's got a phobia of needles and he's never shared that with you before, he needs to share it with you now. You need a good reason why he isn't doing this. And then he's going to have to do it the fuck anyway. Because if it's about money, you can find the money. You can maybe help him with the money. If it's about needles, he's going to have to get the fuck over that. And if it's some weird fear of doctors, well, then maybe he doesn't need a girlfriend or to be in a relationship with you. Maybe what he needs is a therapist. Ready for judgment-free care? Need to talk to a nurse practitioner or doctor who doesn't need to Google CBT, switch, or furry? Mobile Care Health is here for you offering telehealth primary care and sexual health care, including treatment of low libido, hypoactive sexual desire disorder, vaginal dryness, performance anxiety, ED prep, doxy prep, peptides, and so much more. Mobile care health providers are kink-friendly and understand the risks involved in kink. And they want you to enjoy your sex life while keeping you as safe as possible. Mobile Care Health offers a wide range of telehealth services, including peptides, anti-aging and skin care, weight management, and sexual health care. For folks in Denver, Colorado, they provide concierge, primary, and urgent care, and hormone balancing. Start today with a telehealth consult at mobilecarehealth.com. That's mobilecarehealth.com. Hi, Dan. Late 20s gay man here from the Mid-Atlantic. So, I'm a polyamorous guy who's quite into topping and group play. Rather soon after starting to date my verse bottom boyfriend, he shared with me that he had a Sinetophil prescription from one of these men's doctors via app companies that he used with new partners or to overcome nerves. I don't have ED, and I can get it up just fine with my boyfriend and other partners. But sometimes, we like to invite a few bottom friends over for a fun night. As I'm no longer in my early 20s, bless, sometimes one 20 milligram Sinetophil tablet makes the third and fourth orgasms a bit more seamless than if it was absent. I know not to mix it with poppers or anything else beyond a drink or two, or maybe an edible. But is there any other long-term concern I should be worried about? I don't want to develop a dependency. It's just that sometimes when three very horny twinks appear in your dungeon, you want to fuck them all. Is there a risk here? Or is this just a case of better living through chemistry and I should just shut up and have my fun? All right. This is not a question. This is a humble brag. Not even a humble brag. This is a cumble brag. This is just a brag brag. You don't really have a question about generic Viagra and whether it's safe to take or how much is safe to take. You just want to brag about the fact that you've got a dungeon, you've got a play space, and every once in a while there are 
three or four hot twinks lined up in your dungeon. Look, if you can have three or four orgasms in a single night, thanks to ED meds, well, God bless you and your medical marvel. If you want to fuck three or four twinks in one night without having to rely too much on ED meds, you could fuck one, pull out, not come, fuck another one, pull out, not come, fuck the third, pull out, not come, fuck the fourth, pull out, not come. But that's not the issue here. The issue here is you wanted me to know that you've got a dungeon and that you've got a line out the door, down the stairs and around the block of hot twinks who want into your dungeon and want you into them. And congratulations. I think that's great. I would normally skip a question like this, but I'm going to allow it in your case because I think this is a success story framed as a dilemma. You've got Google. You can look up all the potential side effects of ED meds. Good that you're not mixing them with poppers or alcohol or other recreational drugs. Beware the erection that lasts longer than four hours. And if you want to fuck all them twinks, delay that orgasm. And if you can have more than one orgasm in a night with or without the help of ED meds, good for you. And am I supposed to take your word for that? Or are you going to send me some video? This episode is brought to you by the Meridian Trimmer, my new favorite tool for shaving down there. Meridian offers powerful trimmers that cut through even the coarsest hair, but their trimmers are gentle enough for your privates. You'll enjoy a comfortable shave below the belt with no nicks, cuts, or ingrowns. Meridian trimmers are for men, they're for women, they're for non-binary folks, and they're for any style, whether you prefer completely bare, neatly trimmed scruff, or a well-rounded bush. This high-quality waterproof trimmer is fitted with a 6,000 RPM motor, safe ceramic blades, and an anti-nick shaving guard. And Meridian has so many happy customers, over 1,000 five-star reviews online. With the Meridian trimmer, you can get your body hair looking just how you like it and feel good and sexy with your fuzz. Get a Meridian trimmer today for the ultimate trimming experience without the pain, discomfort, or awkwardness. Order now and take control of your grooming routine on your own terms. Listeners of the Savage Lovecast get an extra 15% off your order using the coupon code SAVAGE. Go to M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N grooming.com and use the code SAVAGE for an exclusive 15% off. You deserve a better and safer below-the-belt trimming experience, and with Meridian Trimmer, you can get one today. Hey, Dan. straight female living in the Midwest. I recently hooked up with a guy that is very into deep throat. In the past, I've been with a few smaller guys that I could fit entirely in my mouth into the back of my throat. Not sure if this really counts because they weren't going past the back of my throat. But this guy is not small by any means. And when I went down on him in a bent over position, it was clear I was not going to fit him all the way in. He forced my head down a few times, thrusted and shoved his dick the entire way in. But this was not okay for me. He was backwalling my throat, which was painful. And him thrusting rather than me being in control made me gag and feel anxious about not being able to breathe. All in all, not a good deep throat experience. I want to try again, though not entirely sure with this guy, but I have questions and I clearly need to set boundaries. First, I'm curious, how common is deep throat? Getting past the gag reflex is no small feat, so I'm thinking it's varsity level. I've read that I can work on reducing my gag, which is pretty weak already, through frequent exposure. 
I have a major concern about this though. If I reduce my gag, will it be permanent? I don't want to increase my risk of choking for the rest of my life. I work with elderly patients and know how risky the absence of a gag reflex can be. Any tips on positioning? I can see how laying down with my head off the bed would be proper alignment of my throat and mouth, but I'm worried I I wouldn't have enough control in that position. Also, what about the thrusting he was doing? Everything I'm reading is that the person giving deep throat should be in control. My guess is that very few people can handle having a dick thrusted down their throat. Any thoughts or tips would be appreciated. Try again, but definitely not with this guy. He knows how big his dick is. And what he was telling you when he began to just fuck your face like that without getting your consent to have your face fucked was he didn't care about your comfort, your safety, your gag reflex, whether you barfed up your lunch onto his lap, or I suspect whether he ever saw you again. Fuck this guy. Don't fuck this guy. Don't fuck this guy. Don't let this guy put his dick anywhere near any of your orifices ever again. You know, I want to say definitively that he knows exactly how big his dick is, but I will say, I will give him the benefit of the slightest doubt here. I once slept with a guy who had no idea how big his dick was because he hadn't slept with very many other guys and his frame of comparison was porn where his dick seemed average and he didn't know going into sex that he needed to give somebody time to adjust, that he needed to work his way up, that there were certain kinds of foreplay that he needed to engage in before he jammed that thing, that forearm, (laughs) into a sex partner. And I assumed he knew what he was doing and he was an asshole and we had a conversation about it and it turned out he had no idea until I told him. Anyway, you could, if you wanted to fuck this guy again, and please don't fuck this guy again, you could tell him this wasn't okay. Odds are he knew it wasn't okay. He knew exactly how big his dick was and he didn't fucking give a shit. And he's not going to give a shit the next time you experiment with deep throating with him. All right. You've been with some guys with smaller dicks that you could get all the way into your mouth and into the back of your throat a little bit. That's not deep throating. If you want to experience deep throating, you kind of got to be with a guy whose dick is going to go down your throat. And yeah, at least at the first, at least when you're a beginning deep throater, you kind of need to be in control of the pace. Once you get more comfortable with it, once you get good at it, you can work your way up to taking some guy's dick all the way down your throat. And then if you have good interpersonal communication, you can pull that dick out. You can use your words. Or if you have good nonverbal communication with an established trusted partner, you can kind of indicate once you've worked them all the way into your throat when they can thrust a little bit. And, you know, that's what people do with dicks. Use fucking your face, fucking your throat. People fuck things with dicks, right? And so there are plausible mutually consensual scenarios under which you might want somebody to thrust during a deep throating oral sex session. But you've got to, as the person doing the deep throating, you've got to be in control and in charge. And that may mean for the first several dozen times you experiment successfully or more successfully with deep throating, they don't get to thrust and you're just moving up and down on the dick. Or that can look like You get them into position, you relax, you open up, you conquer your gag reflex, and then you begin to move their hips a little bit with your hands, indicating non-verbally that they can engage in a little bit 
of thrusting. And a good partner, a good throat fucking top will be reading your physical cues to know when they need to slow down, pull out, give you a break, allow you to pull off their dick. You know, some people like the hand on the back of the head. Some people like the thrusting and face fucking. If you don't, use your words. What are you into? Well, I'd like to experiment with deep throating. No thrusting, no holding on to my head. I'm in charge. Your dick is a dildo that I am using on my side. You can say all that. And then, you know, you're likelier to get the kind of deep throating experience you want out of a guy. I don't want to give this guy, I've already told you not to fuck this guy like four times. I don't want to give him the benefit of any more doubts. But there have been cases where people who haven't had many sex partners, this was what they did with a previous sex partner or a couple of previous sex partners. And it worked for them by miracle or coincidence. And he was just rolling out what he thought it was that you wanted because you guys talked vaguely about the act you wanted to experience without talking through exactly how you wanted that act performed. Not laying the blame at your feet, but don't make that mistake again. And don't give the other person the opportunity to, in ignorance, do something to you and your throat that you aren't going to enjoy or selfishly start doing this thing that they enjoy without any consideration because they've got some plausible deniability there because you didn't say not to do it exactly this way, that they can do it this way, a way that they may selfishly prefer. So find a guy with a big dick, get to know him a little better. Find somebody with a big dick that you can trust. Find somebody with a big dick who the first few times that you fuck around and there's a little bit of oral, there is no getting into the back of your throat. Make that something that they need to work their way up to, prove to you that they can be trusted with, trusted with your throat, and earn. And use your words. Use your words. Always use your words. Particularly if you're going to find yourself in a position where you can't use your words because your mouth is full. The holidays are coming. For many of us, that means a lot of work. If you are a business owner, you can make your holiday crush so much easier with Stamps.com. It's like having your own personal post office wherever you are. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. And now taking care of orders on the go is even easier with the Stamps.com mobile app. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. You can order shipping and mailing supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. You'll also get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates to help your bottom line. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Give your business the gift of Stamps.com so your mailing and shipping is covered this holiday season. Sign up with promo code SAVAGE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code SAVAGE. Hi, Dan. I am a 20-something-year-old bisexual female living in the western United States. My partner is a heterosexual cis male 
and we have been playing around with the idea of anal, and I'm a little nervous, and there's a few reasons why, but um, he's the first sexual partner that I've allowed to do that with me, and it felt really good, everything he's done, we've just done, you know, stuff with fingers, and just stimulating the area, and a little bit of penetration, but not a lot, but we recently purchased some anal training kits. And we tried using the smallest one a little bit while back with a lot of lube on it, all the things you're supposed to do. But we were only able, I was only able to get it in like halfway before I experienced some pain. And I've been really nervous to try since because I, since I was young, I've experienced hemorrhoids and I still have them and I'm really self-conscious about it. But I also think it causes some pain. So... I was just wondering if you had any more advice on how to start that, because it is something we really want to explore and do. Whenever hemorrhoids and anal sex come up in the same question, the same sentence, the same call, a whole bunch of people call me thinking, worried, wanting to know whether anal sex causes hemorrhoids. Anal sex does not cause hemorrhoids. I've never had hemorrhoids. My dad had hemorrhoids. Case closed. All right, caller, you have or have had hemorrhoids. If anal hurts, if it doesn't work for you, stop. If it's hurting when you try to insert something, stop. If you currently have hemorrhoids, if you haven't healed from your current bout or case, take anal off the menu, at least insertive anal play. I think the best approach when someone is beginning to experiment with anal intercourse is to focus on anal pleasure which may mean no penetration right at the start for a very long time. My recommendation, my go-to, and I've heard from a lot of people who took this advice and it worked out very well for them and they were able to associate anal stimulation with pleasure and then work their way up to anal penetration with pleasure and then full-on fucking, butt-fucking with pleasure is to get a vibrator, not an insertion toy, not an inert stationary insertion toy, but a vibrator, kind of a, a wand or dildo-shaped vibrator. And rather than trying to get that up your butt, lay that across your crack, across your anus. Press it in, not in, press it across your ass crack, across your asshole, sideways, without any attempt to insert it. And just allow the vibrations and the pressure of it to exist, right? Put it across your butthole, lay it across your butthole, turn it on, let it vibrate, and then do the other things that you enjoy doing. Maybe masturbate the first few times. Do it alone so you don't feel under any pressure, whether your partner's putting it on you subtly or you're putting it on yourself because you don't want to disappoint your partner or you want to get there faster for your partner. Do it alone. A little anal stimulation while you masturbate in a position that you enjoy using other toys that you enjoy or just your fingers if that's what you normally enjoy and have a few dozen orgasms without any penetration but with anal stimulation. And you will create a powerful association between anal stimulation and pleasure. And then your expectation, hopefully, a little bit of a reset of your reptile brain will be that as you build up toward penetration, it's going to be about experiencing more and additional and new and different kinds of 
pleasure during anally engaged intercourse. I think that's what we should call it. This is like anal engagement and you need to propose to your anus and have a nice long engagement before you marry your anus to penetration, before you walk your anus up to the altar and give your anus away to the man who wants to fuck it. You need to have a nice long engagement. Great if you can do that with your partner without succumbing to pressure, whether you're putting it on yourself or they're putting it on you to hurry along to penetration. Even better if you do it alone so there's no pressure. It's just about your pleasure experimentation, not for them, not to get to a place to give them something, but for yourself to get you to a place where this feels good and it's something you want, not for your partner, but for yourself. Enjoy that nice long engagement. And I promise you, once you drag your butt to the altar and marry it off, it'll feel better. You'll be more excited about it, less fearful of it because of that association that you've created between anal stimulation, anal engagement, and pleasure. All that said, if you have a chronic case of hemorrhoids and a lot of pain or bleeding, it may not be possible for you. Anal intercourse, at least with you as the receptive partner, may not be possible for you. All right, before I get to this week's listener response calls, I want to share a couple of comments about last week's show that were posted at savage.love. Says JPW, my joke about dating apps is that they revolutionize the rejection process only, not the dating process. Now you can reject 20 people in an evening and all from your own home. Doesn't get you actually closer to finding someone, but it sure feels like progress. Good point, JPW, but I am old enough to remember when people had to leave the house to get rejected by 20 people in an evening, which happened. You could also reject 20 people in an evening. I honestly don't think people who came of age with the apps realized that rejection was something we pre-appetarians faced and meted out to. Says Cruella DeFille, the guest Alicia Roth-Weigel seemed almost pained to admit that she is exclusively attracted to men. It's okay to be just straight or just gay. Not all of us are blessed with the gift of bisexuality. Weigel bemoaned how unaccepting of intersex people straight men are and yearned for the greener pastures of dating women. But the only reason she hasn't encountered prejudiced women in the dating pool is that she hasn't dated any women. That is an excellent point, Cruella. Straight girls are always saying to me, oh, gay guys are so nice. And I always say to them, yeah, they're nice to you because they aren't trying to fuck you. If you slept with gay men, you would know that gay men are just as bad or just as capable of being just as bad as straight men, except all gay men wash their asses while some straight men, according to a lot of shit I've read online recently, don't wash their asses because they're worried touching their asses, their own asses might make them gay, which is of course something that guys who already are gay don't have to worry about. And finally, this came in via Instagram DM. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for the intro on today's show about the situation in Israel and Palestine. As an Israeli, we worry about what people we look up to will say about us. Your intro was on point and very fair. For more listener comments and more of my responses, check out Struggle Session, a weekly bonus column exclusively for Magnum subs that goes up every Thursday at savage.love. To get all the perks, become my sub right now at savage.love slash subscribe. And now, listener response calls. This is a response about sharing wet toys. Beyond sanitizing, beyond cleaning, 
wouldn't it just be easier to put a condom on the butt toy? So even if you wanted to use it within the same session within two different people, just change the condom. Response to episode 887 and the HLBTQIA question. A lot of us in non-English speaking countries don't use the word gay. We say homo or something like that. So that's what the H in HLBTQIA plus stands for. So maybe that's the explanation to the question. Hey Dan, I'm responding to the question about the bro code between gay men when it comes to dating and hooking up with people that are your friends or past relationships or hookups. As you said, and in my experience, most gays realize we don't have the luxury of blacklisting people for others. Those who get mad that you fucked someone they fucked are immature because there's one key thing they're forgetting. That person chose you too. Maybe don't scoop up people you know your friend is dating or trying to date unless they have an arsenal of potentials, which is also immature. But if they're your friend, just ask. Anyway, I wanted to share that I once dated slash hooked up with two guys that didn't know each other that ended up meeting and dating each other after. They have since moved in together and have been dating for years, and I can't be happier about it, mainly because my partner and I have been able to swing with these guys on more than one occasion. I'd propose the bro code has more the opposite meaning than the traditional one. Share your hose with your bros. You never know what future opportunities you could be storing up for yourself. And we're going to leave it there. Got a question for next week's Lovecast or something to say? Got something I said on this week's Lovecast? Go to savage.love slash right now while that question is fresh in your mind and record that question or that comment. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone and email your question or comment to q at savage.love. And you can also still leave us a message at 206-302-2064. The deadline for getting your film into Hump 2024 is coming up December 8th. Do you have an idea for a great, short, dirty movie or a hot video you already shot with a lover that you want to see up on the screen at Hump? Send us your smut. There's no charge to enter Hump. And if your film gets in and lots of crazy, unique, personal stuff gets in and your stuff could too we will actually pay you to appear in hump all the details are at humpfilmfest.com slash submit and if you need a little inspiration if you want to see how varied and interesting and queer and straight and kinky and vanilla hump films can be check out the streaming options for past festivals at humpfilmfest.com follow me on instagram and threads at dan savage follow me on blue sky at dan savage follow connor clary on instagram and tiktok at connor.clary and check out his new podcast five star review with connor clary which is available now at all podcasting platforms the savage Lovecast is produced every week by nancy hartunian and me and nancy and the tech savvy at risk youth we will all be back at you next week with a new savage Lovecast. Thank you for downloading.